The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Holly, I will say this, that each week when we talk to uh, incredible, amazing people, I'm always blown away by the end of it. Like, I can't believe we've waited this long to talk to, insert whoever that may be. Yeah, and I can't believe they said yes to us. (laughs) (laughs) We got to stop saying that almost five years in. It's like, oh, maybe people actually want to talk to us. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. But it's uh, it's always a pleasure with each and every guest to hear more of their story. And I will say this. It's a bold statement, and we will figure this out for sure. But maybe the tallest person that we have had on our show. Possibly. That'll be the second hardest question we will ask. Uh, (laughs) Drew Urquhart, my friend, how are you? Good, man. Thank you for having me, you guys. First skill testing question, and then I'll ask my second one. Who are you and where did you come from? That's a good question. So I was uh, I was born in Kelowna, BC, currently in, in Vancouver, BC. Grew up as a, a basketball guy, played basketball for Team Canada for a, a Division One school out in America. But in the last couple of recent years, has been deep in the marketing and, and e-commerce game. Part two to this question, uh-huh. how tall? I'm 6'8". Then it six, is eight. the tallest person on the show ever. Wow. Congratulations. We should send him like a ribbon. (laughs) You did it. You're tall. (laughs) (laughs) So it was life like growing up in Kelowna, you said, right? It was a smaller town at the time. Uh, Kelowna, it's a beautiful place. Like it's uh, in the winters, it's freezing cold, but in the summers, it's gorgeous and and beautiful. So you kind of get the best of both worlds there. But honestly, like it was, uh, it was technically all I really knew. We didn't travel very much and grow up in a family that um, came from a lot of money. And so Kelowna was like it and Vancouver was the big city that you would um, go to if if you were on going on vacation. So you could say (laughs) Um, it was awesome though. Like I genuinely went to a, I I have an awesome family. I went to a really good school, but I still go back often. I have a ton of family there. So it was, uh, I I genuinely still very much love Kelowna. And and I assume that the, the, uh, the obvious question is when somebody is taller, like was basketball always the love or all of a sudden it was like, I woke up one morning, I'm six foot eight, maybe I should play basketball. I played like my parents tell me stories about when I was just starting to walk, like always had a basketball in my hand, always throwing it in those little mini hoops. Uh, always luckily was coordinated as a kid. So I wasn't, I was always that tall, lanky, skinny kid. I would always play guard. And so I was lucky enough to not be that awkward kid who can't really move. Uh, and I also had a, my dad's a, an amazing coach. So really did a good job of, of coaching me up through, they never forced it into me. I, I genuinely would just play for like four hours a day after school. It was just the, the thing I always loved to do. When did you realize that you had some basketball skill and it wasn't just your dad, you know, giving you props? You know, I think the first time we played in the league, I was in the fourth grade and we didn't lose a game on, like from fourth to ninth grade. And so it was, I mean, from, from really the start, it was, I was, I was better than the average kid. I would say. Yeah. 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 Was the thought ever then I want to use this to get scholarships to go to college. I want to become a professional. At what point did you realize that maybe post-secondary could be possible? Uh, it's funny. I had way too much confidence. So I actually, <laughs> there's absolutely no way I don't go to the NBA was my, was my thought process all sure. until like the 10th grade. So all up until grade 10, I was like, there's a 0% chance I don't go to the NBA. So at no point did I ever think that a scholarship or a professional was out of the question of I'm being honest, which is the complete opposite of what it, I think it should be. But I was just had no, no sense of what the NBA was actually, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a good headspace to be, though. I mean, if you had self-doubt, maybe you wouldn't have gone so far and played for Team Canada. Right. Yeah, it was. it's a win-loss because then I, I probably should have pushed myself a lot harder actually having those goals, but thinking like no-brainer 
<laughs> might not I might not have actually gone uh, I mean done as much as I probably should have you know what I mean so was then as you're going through school and in high school you're going to graduate you're going to go into post-secondary was there a place that you wanted to go or were there uh, colleges in Canada and the U.S. that were we need Drew on our team yeah so I always wanted to go to Duke like Duke was the the biggest school that I wanted to go to I was like in love with the white and blue love coach k like love that entire situation grade 10 and 11 i was getting offers from lower like mid-level like vermont like uh the america east uh, the wcc like just uh some mid mid-tier level schools and the biggest school i ever got uh looked at by was gonzaga and utah those were probably the or sorry utah state those were probably the two biggest uh, at no point did i ever really consider Canada. I, I, I never, the only schools I ever talked to were UBC and Carleton and they're, they're pretty good schools. Um, but yeah, I, my site was set on that. I went to America, my grade 12 year, like I was very much set on going down there. Man, I had no scouts looking at me. <laughs> no. You're five two. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we won a game. Uh, so it's nice to be in the presence of someone who had success in yeah. the, the realm of basketball. Um, your goal clearly was, was hoops, basketball, NBA. So when you went to school, what did you settle in on doing? I went to business, business marketing. Um, that was always the goal. Like I was, I'm very entrepreneur driven. Like that I was the type of kid who would have candy bars and sell them out of a locker. Like that's just, (laughs) I just loved it and, and love business in a sense. So I went to school for business marketing. It was just a, a no brainer for me at the time. Uh, and so luckily graduated with that and enjoyed it. At what point did, uh, cause I mean, I'm, I'm assuming at some point you play professional basketball it might not have been the NBA because I don't have your Jersey on the back of my wall, but uh, <laughs> did you, did you have a chance to do it professionally? Yeah, I went to Estonia, um, out in the Baltic league, um, like borders, Russia out far Eastern Europe, um, played there for, uh, about three fourths of a year and then got, I, I tore my hamstring mm. ended up, um, ended up not really enjoying it on the other, like overseas is a whole different world. Like you're very much isolated. English was the, the second slash third language. And so for me, I did not enjoy it at all. I'm definitely not regretful of going out there, but I was like, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it, done it for more than I did it. And so then when, um, that one year done, I was like, Hey, done it good and so then came back figured it all out then after that we will move off of basketball i promise but what was it like representing uh canada oh it was fantastic like there was guys who we played against team usa in the finals of um of the fiba america's tournament we played against massive massive names like dudes who are in the nba now guys on my team were in the nba like it was uh it was a phenomenal experience great coach and roy reyna um both times i got to play it was just a, a overall fantastic experience um, and against playing against other countries and whatnot, all coming to the same area. It was, yeah, I, it was probably one of the best, like going to Greece, Italy, Spain, like just, uh, again, just couldn't speak more highly of it. It was, it was awesome. Some of the best and most important life lessons I, I took away from sports and being on teams. Um, is there a particular lesson that you learned in basketball that's really helped you into this next phase of your life? The best thing that I can take away of is how hard you have to work in order to like maintain that level as a team. So it's not very much individual. And so when I'm, we have a bunch of employees now with uh, a couple of the businesses we run, but with that, I, I now know how I want to be treated and, and talk to in a group environment, uh, how to work with each other as a team uh, and not so much just look at it solely. So I think overall in, in basketball, but overall uh, also in sports playing as a team as one and also 
I think the, the greatest lesson I probably learned in sports that I use to this day every day is I never get too high, never get too low. I t- typically like to stay right in this middle because you'll have really good games and you'll have really bad games. But if you can just kind of maintain that level of level headedness, I guess you could say, and you never really get too out of whack, then that's what helped me in sports. And it more so really helps me out in, in, in the business world for sure. It's the difference between you and I. You have really good games, really bad games. I just have really bad games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I was going to say, I'm glad it wasn't give it 110% every time. <laughs> yeah. That's a given. That's, that's a no brainer. Yeah. So you, you have this entrepreneurial spirit about you. Uh, basketball, uh, at some point, you're like, okay, this, I'm not going to be pro- professional forever. What was then the next step for you? I was really lucky. I, I came back and wanted to get into marketing, but I, I definitely didn't want to get into the work at an agency, sit at a desk type route. So I, I was lucky enough to be, again, I had a big name in, in basketball locally. So I, I worked as a, as a trainer slash marketing role for two clubs uh, throughout the next two years after that. And so I, I really got to one, enter the world of marketing without having to fully like, again, sit at a desk where I didn't want to do that. So I got to train kids be in basketball still, and also figure out kind of how to do marketing for an individual and not so more just like a, a project in school, test out ad spend, test out marketing, like seeing generally how it works. And so those were the, those were the two years for me. And then I, I eventually got into a, an agency role for a little bit and then kind of just took off from there my own way. But <laughs> you, you've been doing the marketing thing for how long? I was the kid as well who would reach out to companies uh, via DM and try to run their social media accounts. Like, so I've been doing this for like seven or eight years in the actual role, like as, as bench marketing, that's been two years. Even in those eight years, because things continually change. Mm-hmm. What have you seen as somebody who's in marketing that has changed, whether it's through, you know, things like the Google or Facebook or other ways that we get uh, mm-hmm. our, our names out there. I'm pretty ahead of the game being like the, in the age group that I am. So growing up with social media, we're, I'm, I can learn something new or test something new pretty quickly. I also am a big fan of YouTube University. And so going on YouTube and not actual university, but <laughs> I got you. Stuff and, and, uh, and YouTubing stuff for tutorials and like figuring it out. Um, I'm big into that. And so for me, luckily, I've been on the paid side of things. So organic has really shifted because it's not as easy to grow on, on Instagram organically. It's TikTok, you can obviously, but it doesn't necessarily have a great... Um, conversion for like, say, let's say e-commerce stores, you can blow up and that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to put in their credit card. Um, Mm -hmm. But for me on the paid side of things, iOS 14 really, really hurt a lot of people. And so finding funnels and finding different ways to essentially, I mean, really, if you really dial it in every single, every single brand out there needs marketing. And so as long as me personally can figure out a way to get their dollars spent in the most efficient way and and bring back a positive ROI. For me, it's, I don't know, it just comes somewhat naturally, I would say. I I like to say a little bit ahead of the curve, Um, but it hasn't changed too much in the eight years for me personally, at least. Mm -hmm. You also don't say the Google. So you're already bounds ahead of at least Johnny. (laughs) Whatever. He said, he said YouTube university. I was like, that's like the Harvard of the online. (laughs) No, I literally just Google tutorials, (laughs) figure it out. Oh my goodness. I love it. Um, But a lot of athletes have a hard time making that transition from the world of sports into life after sports. Uh, I'm curious on the faith side of things, how much did that navigate or help you navigate, um, you know, the dreams, the hopes, maybe the dashing of the dreams and into a whole new chapter? It's been awesome for me because I've, I've, 
I, I guess in a typical like Christian uh, household, some people grow up with it and some people waver from it at certain times. For me, my parents were awesome. Um, and so I only had a, a small bit of wavering through college where games were on Sundays. Uh, it was really hard to kind of like stay motivated or go to church or kind of stay on that path. Being an entrepreneur as well, I think you can, you really get the, to make good and bad choices. And so for me, ha- being a Christian and being able to make the ethical choice most times, obviously in, in sports as well. Um, I don't know, growing up in a Christian household though, for me, it made it really easy in business and in sports to to kind of choose the right choose the the right path. I feel like most people can can waver in that sense, and I do know a lot of people in sports who end up going to college and kind of choosing that wrong path, and then starting to waver a little bit too much. Was there a moment for you where you were like, "Yeah, this is what I want to believe for the rest of my life"? It's a really good question for me. I never even really doubted it. So, like growing mm-hmm. up with it, there was never a point. Um, like some of my some of my siblings and some of my friends, I know there's been that point where they then choose or not choose. For me, there was never really a point, but I will say when I went to Estonia and was super on my own, super isolated, that's where I really had to dig deep and and be like, this is my rock that I have to lean on because there's, I mean, it's like 12 hour time change. You you talk to your friends and parents for like an hour at the start and end of your day. Uh, And so for me, it was super, super isolating, which was honestly a blessing because, um, Throughout college, I'm like I'm saying, those four years were probably the most times that I, I didn't pray every day, or I did not go to. Ch- I would go to church maybe once every two months. Like, um, lucky at the time I had a good girlfriend who was a, a Catholic, and so we would be able to have those conversations where it would stay in my mind and and not be so much on the back burner. Um, but Estonia was the was a big like punch the face on like yeah, this is. I mean if you're going to get through anything, God's going to be your leaning point. Like that was, that was really awesome for me to see. Um, still, I guess I, I, the only thing I will say is I keep, I get, I am so busy with, with, uh, on a day today that it, that's almost the, the bad thing. Cause then I'll, yeah. uh, I'll have to make that choice. But yeah, we've talked to in the past, a lot of football players where faith in football is kind of, you know, one in the same. Is there a lot of that in basketball? It may or may not be a good segue, but for me, it was like basketball. I had a really good, teammate um who was a christian and i with both of us being christians we would hold ourselves accountable but as we went on we would do it at less i would say so for me most people on my team and at my university would have no idea i was a christian Hmm. that kind of led into the god the father and starting it because i wanted to be able to wear something because i am again not that person who sparks a conversation just randomly i'm really just not that person who feels comfortable bringing it up that's no. why, again, most of my college teammates or, or friends wouldn't have even known because I would have I never talked about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's wearing it's literally wearing faith on your sleeve or your chest. Or, so oh, uh, yeah. as you had mentioned, God, the father apparel. How did that idea come about? It's a long ish story. Like I'll, I'll try to brief it down with Tad. But I had a, a little e-commerce brand in college called BTV Essentials where I buy iPhone cases and flip them. Um, and that kind of started the entrepreneur journey, as you could say, with a website. Um, and I know how hard it was. And so for me, when the idea popped in my head about wearing a Christian apparel, it came so organically because I was genuinely just looking for Christian apparel to purchase, but a lot of it was pretty corny stuff that I wouldn't wear. And I couldn't find anything that I would have wanted to wear. And I was like, there's gotta be more people out here who don't want to necessarily bring it up awkwardly in a conversation, just kind of abruptly. Um, so maybe if someone can ask me about it or ask me about my shirt or my faith or whatever, 
that was the genuinely the goal was just to go buy a t-shirt that would do that for my <laughs> in college. You know what I mean? Hmm. Not finding anything kind of for like three or four months. It was really like, I would think about it every couple of days been like, I should start something like that. And then I would always think, no, it's really difficult. You don't want to do that. Like it, it, that'll be a long journey. And so for me, it did, it did come so very organically. Um, and then once I did dive two feet in on it, it kind of just, I became very addicted to it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you love so much about it? I was a kid also in, in school who would like doodle and, and be super creative. I am not an artist, don't like, but yeah. I do have an, an like a, an, a creative itch that I love to express. And so like I would do media arts and, and video editing and like Photoshop and I, I'm very in tune with that type of stuff. And so for me, when I started to go down the path of branding and logos and God, the father and trying to figure out what it's going to be, it was like, I would wake up at five in the morning and go to sleep at two. Like I genuinely for a year and a half did not, I very unhealthful, like did not sleep. It was like, I don't know. I, when I, I'm a very extremist. So if I like really, really like with basketball, I would do it all day, every day. And for me, it was, it was like, I would become addicted to it. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. um, same thing with God, the father, it was literally an all day, everyday thing. Diving into the clothing industry though, can be an incredibly difficult one because there's a lot of brands. I, I watch shark tank and they're always like, don't get into clothing. <laughs> it's hard. How do you, how do you stay ahead of the game when it comes to, I mean, not just clothing, but then Christian clothing apparel. I definitely agree with that. Like clothing margins are small. There's it's very saturated. Like it's not something that, Gen that I would recommend if you're just getting into something for the first time. Now, at this point, luckily for me, I didn't have to paint agency. I, I knew what I was doing on the Facebook ad side of things. So email marketing and gen like marketing in general, I get to save a lot of costs there. I also know what I'm doing. And so mm -hmm. it'll just kind of, uh, for that, I get to, I get to save a lot of time and money. And so for us, our bottom, we also do a lot of volume. And so for us, our, our numbers are there. We have one full-time employee. Um, so it's like, we get to keep our, our, overhead somewhat low so for me it, it makes a ton of sense and for me it does work out also with, with like our agency bench marketing we work with about 150 clothing brands currently so wow. we're definitely we know how to make a clothing brand successful like we know how to do it but if you don't it's it is like a there's a hump that you have to get over that because you have to continue buying inventory there's low margins there it's very saturated you have to like there's a lot that goes into it luckily for me i've just done it for so long that it it makes sense uh, to me you always hear of those stories of people who start businesses whether the you know clothing business or selling soap that they started it in their garage or i was in my basement or i was were you that type of person too if you're working you know 27 hours in a 24 day yeah, yeah. how are you able to start from beginning to get product out there yeah, no, I would definitely, I mean, that's definitely, I literally started in my parents' basement. So um, <laughs> I, I bought a heat press. I, I bought a vinyl cutter. I bought, um, I figured out how to do everything. I, I literally would, at the time I was working at an agency as lead um, and I would work there from nine to five. And then all my other hours would be pressing and figuring out the God, the father stuff. Luckily this wow. agency was really cool. And I got to work on the stuff, the God, the father stuff there pretty uh, a good amount of time as well. So that, that definitely helped, but when COVID hit, I quit that job and jumped fully two feet into it. So then it kind of boomed from there, but it was definitely a basement that moved upstairs. Cause at the time I was, I was living at my parents' house, moved upstairs into the side room and then quickly expanded. Like we expanded way, way too quickly to the point where the entire house was full with boxes. And I have, mm -hmm. there's six of us in that house. Like I have, I'm one of four and two, two parents and then two, um, 
sorry, exchange students. So there was like, there was a ton of people in this house with boxes just to the ceiling. And so we, I luckily got to move out, but yeah, I mean, that was, <laughs> I literally started in the basement and quickly moved my way up and out. <laughs> you moved out or you were kicked out. Your parents were like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah. well, no, we actually all got kicked out. We were renting at the time. So we oh, were, okay. uh, the people we were renting from were like, we're moving in, in let's call it August. And so while I was expanding this thing, it was a, it was a, I remember it was super stressful trying to find a place to rent with like a ticking time bomb. That's like, you have like a hundred boxes in this house randomly. And you're like, well, now you have to go find a place. And me, I was like, I'm going to go find a one bedroom. Where am I going to pull these boxes? So <laughs> that was like two months were very hectic. When I think of, of marketing and that, or I think of advertising, I usually think because us being in radio, it's a, it's a local thing. But mm. when you go to a brand like clothing, you want as many people to see it. You want as many eyes. And it's not just a Canada thing or a U.S. When you do marketing and, and advertising, is it different in different countries or is it all similar uh, wherever you go? For us in, in Canada, we do like with all the Canadian brands we work with that have clothing brands or e-commerce brands, we all do all of our marketing in America just because mm-hmm. there's so much more people uh, and it costs way less to ship. To be honest with you, we only work with Americans and Canadians. So like overseas overseas or whatever, I'm not too sure how it is in the UK or or Australia or anything like that marketing wise. But for Americans in Canada, it's almost always do all your marketing in America just because they'll pay more. Like if you sell a $34 t-shirt here, it's like what, $28 to them. So it's, uh, it just makes a ton more sense to us. And and plus shipping is, is you guys would probably not know this, but um, with Canada post, it's, I mean, you're charging like 17, 18 bucks to ship a hoodie, which mm-hmm. in, in America, you, you cost like four or $5 to ship a hoodie. So it's wow. night and day. That's your margin in clothing right then and there. You know what I mean? That'll, that'll turn you, you'll make 10 bucks or you'll lose eight just from shipping alone. So yeah, I've noticed that even just with now you had mentioned COVID doing so much more shopping online when oh, you're yeah. trying to support local businesses they pass along the shipping prices to you and you're like 20 bucks. Yeah, People <laughs> think people upcharge on shipping. Like when you'll see an abandoned cart be like, or what your conversion rate is. If you have shipping at $12, no one will purchase. Cause Amazon makes it free and you'll get in two days. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazon kind of spread it for a lot of small businesses. <laughs> but, um, but if they, if someone passes along a $12, I guarantee they're eating that cost as well. Like we charge $8 and I pr- promise you, we do not, we lose my own shipping every single time. Man, that's mm. tough. Um, also tough, why me moments? I'm going to jump in there. Kind of reflecting over your life, were there any moments where you did ask God, why me? It could have been in a valley where things weren't going well or um, kind of that place where you feel humbled that God chose you. Honestly, I don't think I've ever said why me. I, again, it goes back to the me as a super overconfident kid. Like it <laughs> it, um, it works to, in my favor sometimes, but also I'm I'm so thankful like, in the position that I'm at, I've never really, not that I can think said like, why me, but more so just like, thank you for choosing me. Cause I'm so grateful to be in this position and, and to do what I'm doing currently. I, on a daily basis can like really genuinely love what I do on a daily basis. I have the, the best group of friends, a really good family. I find myself often just thinking this is an amazing, like an amazing time for me. So genuinely, I don't think I ever say why, but again, it could just be like the kid in me who's just like super overconfident and just like, <laughs> yes, bring more, please. You know what I mean? 
you're the type of person who has a lot of uh, sticks in the fire, if you will. It seems as though, you know, many wearing many hats, juggling many balls. I could use a ton of different analogies. What's next for you? Do you have a chart of all the things that you want to accomplish? Yeah, I have some big goals for this year. One of them I definitely can't talk about, but some of them, we are opening another agency called Gym Juice, where we work with uh, with trainers and gyms and like more so athlete-specific marketing. That's um, going to launch very shortly. Um, yeah, the one, the biggest one, honestly, I can't say, um, <laughs> just cause it's like very early stages. And if we, if I do talk about it, that'll be a, I just can't genuinely, uh, there's a, there's a couple things all in marketing though. Like we're opening up a, well, I mean, the third one's gonna, gonna be probably two months away, but that one's going to be in, in, um, real estate and land and, uh, and trades, a lot of marketing goals, honestly, just yeah. cause I love I, I'm really just, that's my addiction currently is, is the marketing world and, and just showing like we work with so many Christian brands, which for myself to work with um, God, the father, it's like, you get to see the same thing every day. But the, the reason I love marketing is because of the 150 people that we're currently working with or brands, I'd say like 30 to 40, 30 to 35 of them are Christian clothing or Christian brands. And so for yeah. that, I get to do it at so, so much larger of a scale than just doing God the Father because you get a different thing every like 15 minutes. There's something new in a new brand and a new, it just keeps my way too overactive brain very excited and, and active. <laughs> Halls, he may be the uh, tallest and perhaps the busiest that we've ever chatted with at God the Father Apparel on the Insta, Drew. Thank you for taking a minute and uh, hanging out with us. No, it was, it was an awesome conversation. I would love to do it again as well. And you guys, you guys do an awesome job. I think we say it every week that we are pretty pumped that we just got our socks on for the day or <laughs> we were able to get up and get a cup of coffee. You're not supposed to compare, but I, I just I see a young guy like this who is trying to positively impact the marketing world and the brands that he is involved with. And I'm like, what, what did I do this morning? What have I done with my life? I'm not comparing. I'm just comparing. Yeah, exactly. God's not done with us yet. I, I, it's funny, though, because I remember, and this is no disrespect to anybody, but seeing the Christian t-shirts, like, catch up with Jesus. Yes. And it had, like, the ketchup bottle shirt. I think of no God, no fear. Do you remember those ones? Yeah, I, the no fear shirts, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we look at it, and this is the whole thing about movies and stuff too. Like movies back then to movies now are very different. Christian music, Christian radio back then to now is very different. Christian apparel back then to now is very different. And I think our mission fields are changing. If I can use again, like it's like the episode of Christianese where it used to be growing up, you're like, oh, we're going to go to Mexico and help build um, a house or an orphanage yeah. or something. And now it's like, well, I'm a Christian and I'm going to positively impact people through sports, through my vocation, you know, marketing. And I just think it's a really exciting space to be in. And I'm excited for Drew. And I do hope that he comes back to do an update and lets us know what he's got cooking. Yeah, it'll be a real slam dunk. Oh, I see what you did there. That's our, that's our player. exit cue. Oh, is that it? Yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Just, just leave it at that, huh? <laughs> Check us out on places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can go to edify, facestrongtoday.com, and all of our socials. Absolutely. So just search either, there's like two, at Why Me Project Podcast or at Why Me Project. Yeah.